WIBC. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be with you. A bunch of stuff to talk about. Uh, Trump has appealed to an Illinois uh, court. The judge's ruling in Cook County that said he's not allowed to be on the ballot in in Illinois. Now, granted, a whole bunch of people throughout all of the rest of that state have decided they're not going to follow this anyway until the Supreme Court makes a decision on the Colorado uh, case. So even though a judge in Cook County, which, by the way, is Chicago area, um, so it's certainly very much the only part of uh, our neighbor to just our West uh, that so, so much hates and doesn't vote for uh, the former president. The rest of the state is actually quite red uh, with a couple little pockets of, I'd say, light blue. Uh, but what I think is so interesting about it, again, is that uh, Trump has actually challenged that within the Illinois court system. And depending on where the case gets placed, uh, what other part of the state he winds up getting it reviewed in, not Cook County, he might be able to win without needing what's going to happen with Colorado. But people throughout uh, the entire state, um, uh, those who run the elections there, since the primary in Illinois is coming up actually pretty soon, uh, are saying, nah, we're going to wait. We're not going to do this even though a judge has claimed that this is what we need to do. And what's so fascinating to me real quick, and it's not just about any one state that's making this decision. It's, it's the way that they're going about it. The saying that Trump is guilty of insurrection because they've decided he is not because he's ever been tried for that anywhere in any court or is even going to face charges of that. He, he hasn't. These judges are deciding that when they look at all the evidence they know he's guilty of a thing, and then they're removing him from the ballot because of that without anyone ever actually thinking, hey, if we think he's an insurrectionist, maybe we should bring him to court for that and see if we can prove that in a courtroom, uh, which by, uh, by and large, I think most would agree they wouldn't be able to do. Uh, it's, it's just so interesting, though. It's just it feels as though as many states as possible are going to go ahead and get ready uh, to ban Trump. And then if it doesn't happen, if they all fail then, uh, well, it'll be fine. Um, another thing out there that I thought was uh, very interesting is, of course, these these border visits. Now, Biden chose to go to Brownsville, which, by the way, actually has the least amount of people who cross over the border into our country on the entire you know um, uh, border where Texas shares with Mexico. So he actually chose a place that's still bad. They still have a lot of illegal immigration, but he chose a place where it's it's not really all that bad. Um, comparatively, it's still bad, as I said. And then Trump chose to go to Eagle Pass, which is the place that has the absolute most uh, people crossing into our country. And so you got to see two different versions of the quote unquote problem. I, I hate this, though. I hate the political theater of this. And I've complained about it a bunch because Biden's not going to do anything different. If going places change the opinions of our leaders, I would absolutely love that they went places and, and learned stuff, but that's not what they do. They go places and the entire time. It feels like they're just trying to reaffirm whatever they're doing makes sense. They're, they're trying to find some Avenue. It's like if you're in an argument with someone who keeps losing and keeps twisting everything so that they try to pretend they're still winning. That, that's what this is. This is Biden walking around, seeing illegal immigration and being like, nah, nah, I'm not seeing it. <laughs> and then saying, whatever. He needs to say to himself to go back uh, to the White House and do nothing, uh, that nothing changes, nothing gets done. Uh, that's why I'm annoyed by it. I understand why people make calls for politicians to go 
to the places where the problems are. I understand. We just all know they don't do the stuff that we hope they do. And so what's the point is, I guess, my question. And the point for them is to, to check it off a box. I went, I saw it. You guys can't keep asking me to go and I'm not doing anything about it and leave me alone, essentially. All right, uh, I will take a break. Uh, there's a lot to cover today, a lot to talk about. I thought some of the questions that were thrown at uh, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin were incredible. Uh, Elise Stefanik uh, had some of them. Um, I think many others, Jim Jordan, I think threw some great questions out there. There's just, there's a lot. So I'll get to that in a bit. Uh, and also actually my favorite thing we'll talk about uh, right after uh, this break is Gen Z bosses and the weird texts that they send to their employees. I'll read some of the weird texts that are going on. Apparently Gen Z bosses think this is totally okay and actually good. Uh, every other boss is like, eh, I don't know about that. Uh, but that coming up and more in a bit. This is uh, um, Tony Katz, The Morning News, 93 WIBC. Craig Collins filling in. Tony Katz, The Morning News, 93 WIBC. My name is Craig Collins filling in. You got Matt, you got uh, Carl, as you do every single morning on this show. Uh, Gen Z bosses send weird stuff to their employees. And employees send weird stuff to their Gen Z bosses. Uh, that's the headline. That's the article. I thought it was pretty interesting. Essentially, it boils down to a lot of sarcasm. Uh, for the most part, say an employee who's younger uh, needs to get out of work an hour early. They might text a joke to their boss like, hey, I have to go feed my horse. And then the uh, boss, who's, I guess, approving the hour early without knowing the reason why, says, no problem. Just take some cute pics of the horse for me. Uh, but there's a bunch of this uh, going on. And here's the problem that other generations are, are talking about. Like, say you ever uh, decided to pretend that some of this stuff was true, especially if it gets inappropriate, which some of it does. It feels like the companies could be at a lot of risk of getting in trouble if bosses are sending ridiculous, sarcastic versions of back and forth uh, with their employees, uh, even if Gen Z is saying this is good because it's not uh, corporate lingo or annoying stuff that everybody can see through uh, that might make you like, I'm adding someone else in for visibility kind of stuff they say they don't do that makes people happier i mean on my first glance here i i would think the relationship is developing between the employer and employee in a personal way here and that seems like sure excess fraternization to me uh something yes. that would leave the rest go. of the group out of and i don't think that's listen i know we're not in a game of fair and what's fair what's not, but i i don't think no. that's right to the other employees yes. that you have this special relationship with your employee that you can text these things but nobody else is in on that and that creates kind of a you know elevated position from that one individual and what happens if it's uh, some sort of you know uh, romantic thoughts between the two i mean it, right. again all these things we've been i've been taught i won't speak for anybody else all these things i've been taught in sexual harassment training i mean this goes directly against it it feels like especially when you say <laughs> yes, these no. things are a little bit naughty i'm like i'm not sending a naughty text to a co-worker let alone a boss I, I i love that you said that matt because as i'm reading through some of the other examples on the reddit post i'm like yeah this this feels like hr would be very upset about some of this back and forth and they're just joking they're just kidding and the relationship they're gonna say is like you know good they're friends but there, there's a danger there and i actually even think that if you're too friendly with your employees they take advantage of you. And then when you have to actually like uh, snap that back, it's it's worse. So I almost imagine that the wake up call between these employees and this employer is going to be terrible whenever there's a moment where the employer actually does have to say no or has to like, you know, uh, reprimand somebody for something. 
And oh, it, it feels like you're putting yourself in a lot of bad situations. And didn't we learn in the Fonnie Willis case that these texts can come back to burn you? <laughs> yes, we definitely we just literally just learned that the other day as um, that uh, person who testified, the friend um, was acting as though he'd never seen any of his texts before in his life which was sort of my favorite thing. But yes, text, text exists forever. What was that, Matt? No, no, I was just laughing. Um, it's, oh, it, it's amazing to me that these kinds of, and you want to be friendly and, and somewhat vulnerable to your employees. I get that. But a lot of times sure. when you're just doing this with one person, it kind of creates, I, I don't know, and maybe I'm taking a leap here, but I, I've been through this where it creates some sort of codependent relationship between the employer and the employee where the employee feels like, oh, I can't do anything without this. Um, yeah. It's just this all encompassing thing where this relationship starts to build more personally and the next thing you know you, you feel like you're in a state you can't leave so i mean if i'm an employer I, i'm not doing that kind of stuff i'm just not right. going to do it i'm going to keep it professional now i'm going to be friendly and, and i'm going to if they want to bring personal matters to me fine but I, sure. I want to put the same rules out for them as i do everybody else i just yeah. think that's the I best way to do it and as you said before, and as you pointed out, if you do have different rules for different people, that can bite you too as a boss. I love this story so much. This is an, a healthcare worker in Australia who put a video up that went viral on social media about the weirdest names that have come across um, you know, her desk or have come into uh, their hospital. Um, she gives a few examples, and then she finally spells the last one before she gives us the pronunciation on it. I'm going to spell it for both of you now and see if anyone can guess before I play the audio. The name is spelled C-V-I-I-I-L-Y-N. C-V-I-I-I-L-Y-N. Anybody got a guess? Stephanie. <laughs> Let's go to the audio and see if Stephanie is right. I'm not, not feeling good for you, Matt. Okay. Very recently, we had a girl come into emergency and the doctor was like, how do you think you pronounce this name? So it was C-V-I-I-I-L-Y-N. And I was like, oh, that's easy. I really feel like that would be pronounced civilian. So he goes out into the waiting room and he's like, civilian, civilian, nothing. After a little bit, this girl stands up and he's like, that's me. And I think that you mean Caitlin. So then she proceeded to tell everybody, she was pretty unimpressed, that the V-I-I in her name was actually Roman numerals. So that was an eight. So her name was Caitlin. <laughs> got a Roman numeral in her name. Your baby's an emperor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I I loved it so much that that the doctors are all like civilian, civilian, and she's like, I I'm offended. I think you mean Caitlin. How yeah, dare you Caitlin. not know that V I I is eight? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Oh, I I didn't even get it until you explained it to me. Okay, the V I I it's C V I I I L Y N. So you have Caitlin. yes. Okay. So it's 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 C V to start off, uh, or the C is just to start off Caitlin, and the V I I I is the Roman numeral eight. And then the rest of it is Lynn. So it's, it's awesome. Maybe it's a religious name. Uh, and I don't know name, why you, know? you do that. What was that? Maybe it's a religious name of some sorts. I don't know. Sure. It could be, yeah. I don't know why you do that to a kid, though. Because one of the other things I was thinking is if you make a messed up name for your child, but then you say it normal so everyone thinks it's normal, you're screwing them in spelling bees for the first, like, five years of their life. They'll have no <laughs> idea how to spell stuff because <laughs> right. they'll think it all has Roman numerals and other things in it. It'll be messy. And it's as as if the parents were never kids themselves. They don't know that they don't realize right. that the kids don't tease. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, no. that's really true. Um, no one's going to tease a kid with a Roman numeral in her name, please. That's not going to happen. I saw this. I like this story, too. A junk food hikes the risk of 32 different diseases and health conditions, a lot of them listed uh, by the people who did the study. There's one listed that I don't think they needed to list, though. Like, out of all the 32, there's 
gastrointestinal issues, cardiovascular, respiratory. And then they just wrote death, which I thought was a little dark because I kind of understand that if I'm having a lot of other issues that I'm, I'm likely to not, you know, uh, last a long time. So I don't know why you needed to write that junk food causes death. Well, it's good to know that if you have diarrhea, you're about to kick off. Um, that's... <laughs> Hey, that's that's pretty much. There's no medium in this. Listen, it's. Are we still doing junk food studies? Have we not learned that junk food is bad for us? I mean, it's no. it's a comfort food and it's right. expensive to begin with. I mean, I know yes. you can get cheap brands, but uh, everybody talks about how healthy eating is so expensive. But you look at some, even when you put together like these healthy choice meals or or, or these other kinds of meals. Um, that starts to add up, even sure. as junk food, because it's all prepackaged stuff. You're buying like the uh, additive, additives and everything yes. else. Uh, same Absolutely, thing with junk man. food. Yeah. No, it's funny. And actually, I was even thinking that it felt like the scientists, as they were studying this study, that you said we don't need to study anymore. We know junk food's bad. Just went to like WebMD at the end because WebMD always thinks you're about to die. <laughs> right, so they're like, right. and also death. Okay, we got to put that one in there. All right, we'll we'll take a break. <laughs> We got a lot coming up on the show today. Uh, Tony Katz, we're going to hear from him a couple times uh, in Israel, which is very, very cool that I get to keep playing that audio and a lot, lot more. Uh, we'll even have a guest talking about some of these brand new decisions made in Indiana uh, schools to add more cameras, to try to protect the schools better. Uh, all that coming up in a bit. Um, Tony Katz, the morning news, 93 WIBC. Matt. News 93 WIBC. My name is Craig Collins filling in uh, Elise Stefanik and then actually I think a few other uh, politicians. Jim Banks, one of the ones is the audio I'm going to play, asked some really great questions uh, to uh, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin because he was in the hospital for a while and we didn't really know he was there. And that seems weird because you feel like at least the president uh, should be talking to him more often than he does. Here first is Stefanik with some of this back and forth questioning that went viral yesterday. So God forbid there was a retaliatory strike. That would have caused potential delays and it is unacceptable. Let me ask you this. What disciplinary action would a junior service member face if he or she failed to properly notify their chain of command and failed to report for duty? If, uh, if a, if okay, when you're struggling this bad to answer these questions, that's a pretty good question. If uh, if somebody under uh, me uh, who uh, did stuff that I did, if a service member was in a hospital. I think uh, the chain of command would uh, would be concerned about why they're in a hospital and and uh, and make sure that uh, they're doing the right things to take care of them and their families. But don't you think it's their responsibility to notify their commanding <laughs> officer? Yeah, you didn't answer the question that first time, bud. I think uh, the answer is yes. Possible, yes. In, in my case, <laughs> uh, you know, I I would expect that my organization would do the right things to notify uh, senior leaders. It's not my fault. It's everybody else's fault. I don't know why they didn't tell people stuff. Even though, as I was getting picked up uh, in the ambulance, uh, my staff also told them not to have lights on or sound going or anything. Let's do this real quiet, like. But then my staff is supposed to immediately realize that once I'm in the hospital, we got to tell people. Uh, even if we're not sure if the boss wants us to. That makes no sense. Uh, let's do some Jim Banks back and forth with Lloyd Austin as well. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Secretary, help us get this straight. At what point during your hospital stay did you or your staff decide that the president should know about your hospitalization? As I understand it, my chief of staff uh, contacted uh, 
the national security advisor and advised him that I'd been hospitalized on the 4th of, Jan uh, 4th of January. At what point during your stay was the 4th of January? <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't hear How long into your stay was that? <laughs> well, you got to be like this specific about stuff, by the way. Like, uh, so I asked the question and you gave me a, a date. You didn't tell me duration yet. Can we, can we get that, please? Well, um, as we've uh, pointed out, as it's been pointed out earlier, I, uh, days, I was admitted days to the hospital after you were on 1st January. Right. Okay. okay. Um, yes or no. Did you tell your staff not to inform the president, anyone on your staff? I never told anyone not to inform uh, the president, the White House, or anyone else about my hospital hospitalization. Okay, so the 30-day the review summary uh, lays a lot of blame at the feet of your staff. Because they all are terrible. They're all awful. I love when the bosses also blame the staff. That's always a good move. That always feels good. Uh, they go on, and a little bit later in the back and forth, uh, Jim Banks says something that's pretty awesome. I participate in, uh, in all of the... Uh, uh, let, let me ask you this. Well, on January 2nd, while you were in the hospital, President Biden was vacationing in the Caribbean. Your deputy, who the president didn't even know had operational control, was on a beach in Puerto Rico. <laughs> what kind of message does that send to our adversaries? Not good. Not good. Uh, the key piece is that, number one, uh, the deputy has uh, the ability to... Uh, uh, she has access to secure communications. She has the She's doing great on the beach. What are you talking about? I love this back and forth. Uh, Jim even said either the president is so is that aloof uh, that, you know, unaware of what's going on or you are irrelevant. The defense secretary is irrelevant to any of the uh, necessary things uh, that happen every day for protection of this country, uh, both of which are, are well, uh, terrifying. All right. Uh, we'll take a break on that. A lot more in a bit. Uh, Craig Collins filling in. Tony Katz, The Morning News, 93 WIBC. Tony Katz, The Morning News, 93 WIBC. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Matt and Carl hanging out as they do every morning on this show. I talked about this earlier this week. There was a Willy Wonka like event thing. I think that was held and it was terrible. It's actually been a uh, very much uh, compared to the, the fire festival, uh, which is another thing that was absolutely awful that people spent a lot of money on that didn't go well. But some of this audio that's now gone viral is my favorite. Uh, one of the actors who was hired to be a part of what was essentially a empty warehouse with a few decorations in Scotland that they were saying was a Willy Wonka uh, themed experience. Uh, but the actor who was hired to play Willy Wonka had like an awesome um, understanding of himself. I think if you're, who knows if he's a successful actor at all in any capacity, but I think you got to know what parts fit you and what parts don't. And apparently he said he was very aware it was going to be bad when he got the lead role. Here we go. Anyone who bought tickets to this event, people who are expecting a magical chocolate experience uh, and got me in a top hat in a warehouse in Glasgow. So the first red flag for me was when I was cast as Willy Wonka. Um, anyone who looks at me and thinks Willy Wonka and not Umpa Lumpa is out of their mind. I give off major Umpa Lumpa energy. It was an absolute mess. You don't want a Willy Wonka that's an Umpa Lumpa. <laughs> 
No, that's the the Oopa Loopas are are, are to t- distract the attention from Willy Wonka and all of his booby traps. Right. You know, I mean, yes. th- that's what they're there for is so you look the yeah. other way. You know, exactly. I, I love the fact that the guy says I give off major Oompa Loompa vibes, though. I don't even know what that means outside of he might be a little on the short side. He's green. Yeah, he has a. <laughs> <laughs> a very green person. Ah, that'd be so great. Yes, but that—that's—that's that's more information of about this thing that I guess everybody's talking about because it went viral and it's awful. And artificial intelligence is partly to blame because it enhanced the experience <laughs> in the advertisements. Yeah, um, 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 I, 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 I look at this. Why, why didn't this guy just build a haunted house? I mean, it would have. It's, <laughs> it, it, sure. it's kind of the same vibe. I mean, you have the you—you you can have the girl turns into a blueberry baker into a pie. I mean, look yeah. at this. I'm just brainstorming right now and I already have better ideas than the chocolate factory. <laughs> I know. It's amazing. Um, another thing I saw out there, I loved this. It's a salon that went viral. Uh, a guy went in for some sort of like $15, um, you know, walk-in haircut. Uh, so it's probably like a Great Clips kind of place. It's not a Great Clips. Don't I didn't take a shot directly at that establishment, but something like it, like a cheaper uh, haircut spot. Um, and so the person walks in, they didn't have an appointment. And when they get to the point to do the tip, the program says three different options, 50% tip, 70% tip, or 90% tip. Woo! And then you can put in your own. You can customize your own. And so the guy looks up and he's like, this is obviously a mistake. And they're like, no, no, no. Anybody that comes in without an appointment, these are our suggested tipping ranges. Well, then this was not, I mean, is there a sign that says, by the way, we, we're going to get you if you don't make an appointment here? <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, what, I what kind of forewarning is there about this? Because I, I think that's pretty disingenuous if you just take the sure. money for walking in and not making an appointment. Now, I, I understand people have to protect their business. I mean, if you don't give notices some places and you cancel appointment, you're going to get dinged, maybe 50% yes. of the actual cost. That oh, yeah. I get. But if somebody walks in all willy-nilly and doesn't know that they're about to pay a 90% tip for a haircut. I think that's entirely unfair. I, I love the fact that the salon actually defended it, though, because I would I would definitely act like it was an error with the computer. Uh, I would let it happen, I guess, if I wanted that much of a tip. And then when they're like, I can't hit any of these buttons, be like, oh, my, oh, so sorry about that. Let's fix these. You know, I would never say I did it on purpose. Ask for a 90% tip on a $15 haircut. That, that just seems wrong. Now get you reported um, to I the, the salon Better was, Business Bureau. You know, that's what yeah, happens there. there. Yeah, all right, yeah. yeah. Immediate, just call them from the salon. Go ahead and bring them over. <laughs> Everybody making a TikTok. All right. I found a list on Reddit, and I, I didn't send it to you guys. I actually have started sending a lot of my topics to you guys. I didn't send this one because it has a mature rating, and I figured that's not a good thing to send via email to other people at work. Um, but it's a list of the, the pettiest things people have done after a breakup. And I've cleaned up some of them, and we can read through some of them. Does anyone want to admit to anything you've done or anything someone did to you after a breakup that you think is interesting, or should I just get into the list? Uh, mine. <laughs> um, <laughs> Think about it, Matt. Yeah, you want it out this there? Is, my mine were just so sad. <laughs> we really just you. didn't want to do uh, have anything to do with each other anymore. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was over, and you knew it was over. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, actually that was, usually good. The, the, Here's some of the. Yeah, go ahead. No, it's, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I feel like you're still trying to work it out, man. I feel I, like you you want to you want to get a little bit off your chest. I I I do, but I don't. Um, okay. I, I, these are yeah, wonderful yeah. women, wonderful people. Yeah. They are. Yeah. They're great people. Yeah. All right. Here's some of what uh, these great women have done or great men have done after breaking up in a relationship. One person cleaned the toilet with a toothbrush and put it back. I feel like that's a move you've heard before. It's gross, but it happens. 
cut the tips off of all of the pant pockets. Uh, this is something someone did. So every pant pocket would have items just fall right through to the floor. That's that's a, a unique kind of petty that takes a lot of time. Uh, stole every single one of the power cords, including the cord to the fridge. So you had all the items. You had no way to plug them into anything. Uh, stuffed raw fish into curtain rods of his windows and Ooh, never told him was one that a, someone. <laughs> that's a good one. It is. That's that's an interesting one. Uh, he has he was a DJ, so he still used vinyl records. So she went through his massive collection and put every record in the wrong sleeve. So she didn't ruin the records. She just mixed them all up. Okay, this is one person doing all of these things. No, 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 these, these are, are all different, different people. Okay, okay. Because yeah. yeah. these these really sound petty to me. They don't sound like anything. I mean, I could correct all that right. in an hour. You know, I, yeah. I'm talking about it. If I'm going to go hell's bells, I'm ruining somebody's credit. Um, you know, I I, I want to get them fired. I want to end their career. Sure. I mean, this is like, yeah. okay, oh, I have to replace the power cord on the refrigerator. There's nothing in there anyway, yeah. so nothing's going to spoil. Yeah. Well, that's fine. I'm good. I got, yeah. Right. I got to make one trip to Best Buy, and then I'll be fine. Um, <laughs> no, I love that. I love you asked that it was all one person, because this person would be insane if they were taking this much time <laughs> to do all this stuff. A woman was shoving the guy's clothes into a suitcase and then had the cat go to the bathroom in the suitcase. Oh, and then one on. last one uh, requested multiple visits to a guy's house by various religious groups like Jehovah's Witness. So just sent a bunch of uh, religious organizations to pitch their product uh, to this guy after the breakup. Those are some of the things people have done. I'd be like, welcome. Come on in, guys. You know, <laughs> yeah. what's your pitch? Yeah, I'm, I'm a free agent right, right now. Come on. Yeah, they, these are all just, uh, I mean... Just There's annoying. Not, they're annoying, yeah. yes. And they're you done know, in a day. You haven't done anything. You know, real quick, and I know we got to get to traffic, but my grandmother, who used to live in Indianapolis, would invite Jehovah's Witness in and try to convert them to Catholic. It's one of my favorite <laughs> things. Every single time they knock awesome. on the door, she'd be like, you come in, you go first, I'll go second, and we'll see who wins. You know what, uh, Matt, Every, you got some traffic Everybody course? probably loved that, too. It was probably They did. Yeah, it was they a great did. experience.